Hi there, you're listening to the Estranged Heart Podcast, and I'm your host, Creed Revere. Welcome back to our returning listeners, and if this is your first time here, thank you for selecting this podcast to listen to. As we begin today's episode, I invite you to grab a cup of coffee or tea, settle in, and listen with an open heart. But first, the regular disclaimer. I am not a licensed therapist or counselor. Nothing within this podcast should be considered or taken as therapy. If you are in need of therapeutic support, such as counseling, please seek out a therapist near you. Hi there. Happy 100th episode to the Estranged Heart Podcast. Can you believe it? 100 episodes. (laughs) With that many episodes... It means that we have a very large library of all things estrangement, um, specifically regarding parents and adult children. I invite you to pick a random episode to listen to as you travel throughout your days and allow curiosity to lead your heart. I've had several moms tell me they do this. And funny how the message they need to hear most pops up for them. So I, that's an invitation, do with it what you will. But there, there's a lot of information on this podcast. And I hope that it will serve you in a way that is meaningful and can help bring about some healing and peace into your life. Today's episode is the third and final episode for our educational series on communication. The first one was on preventing estrangement. How can we communicate in ways that will hopefully do just that and the prevention. The second one was on words and labels while in estrangement and the importance of those. And this third one is on moving towards reconciliation or remaining in estrangement and how to communicate those things. A couple of reminders. Um, Applications are still open. If you are interested in joining the Facebook discussion group for estranged parents and estranged adult children, those doors will remain open throughout the month of November and new members will be joining in December after the review of those applications. If you're interested in that, email me at theestrangedheart at gmail.com. As a reminder, if you have questions that you would like to have answered that you haven't heard thus far in 100 episodes, um, or perhaps from a different angle or perspective, please feel free to email we're happy to take a look into those and perhaps answer those on the show. Again, the estranged heart at gmail.com. Coming in December, um, AC and I are quote unquote, uh, taking, taking some time off during the month of December. That being said, I have several interviews with estranged adult children that I will be airing throughout the month of December. So if you're, if that piques your interest in all at all, please be sure to tune in for that. I will be doing a few uh, random short bonus episodes throughout the month of December. Um, so I don't know when those will, will post yet, but they will be uh, sprinkled throughout the month. So be watching for those. And for those of us here in the U.S., we are approaching Thanksgiving week, this coming week. And I want to extend to you a message of grace. Grace for yourself and grace for those who we are not with. In your most private moments, I ask that you seek to either have or find, be able to find 
reach down within the depths of your heart to be able to extend a moment of grace, sending it out into the universe to that other person and to yourself. I know it's a hard holiday. It's a holiday that represents family. And when all of our family are not together, it's very, very difficult. And I want to acknowledge that. So be sure to take care of yourself. Take moments away as you need to. Step out of the chaos and preparations, et cetera, et cetera, and take some time for you for some self-care and reflection. It's okay if you want to crawl into bed for an hour and pull the covers over your head. It's okay if emotions come up because it's okay to miss the person you're missing. So please take care of yourself. Please extend grace to you. And if you can do so, a bit of grace for the other person. Two quotes before we begin today's episode. The universe buries strange jewels deep within us all, and then stands back to see if we can find them. And that is by Elizabeth Gilbert. And the second is asking questions is almost always more valuable than making assumptions. And that is by AC Bergen Fisher. On to today's episode. So we're back for another episode and this happens to be episode number 100. And it is also the third and final part of a three-part series on communication. So, a hundred episodes, that's pretty, that's a lot. (laughs) And with that, uh, there's lots of other topics on communication and everything that falls under that umbrella in many of the other 99 episodes. So, um, feel free to go back and take a dive into those um, for other topics on, other subtopics on, for communication. So today, as we wrap up this series, um, I kind of wanted to talk about where, you know, we, we covered in the first series, we covered how to prevent estrangement and the communication styles to possibly circumvent that. Last week's episode, number two, was on um, intention versus impact and the, the power of words. And today I kind of want to talk about, you know, we're, let's talk about we're in estrangement and how do we navigate that? How do we communicate that? Is there a way to communicate? We want to come out of estrangement. And if so, what does that potentially look like? Um, and if we want to stay in estrangement, is there a way to communicate that and what that might look like? So I guess my, and in and, and with this, there are some questions that I get tend to get from the parents regarding more of the longer term estrangements, right? You know, do the kids get comfortable being estranged? Um, do they ever feel shame and or regret over having estranged, being in the long term estrangement, et cetera? So where would you like to kind of dive in today? Well, let's just start right at the beginning of your list. That will keep your notes easy to follow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I I think that's like a logical flow to, to, to go along, honestly. So. Okay. So we're in estrangement. Um, Oftentimes the parents say they didn't realize they were in estrangement or they didn't realize what estrangement was, but they've, you know, went to Mr. Google and found out what it means when your kids won't talk to you. And so now they recognize we're in estrangement and it's been a bit of time and they're wondering, is my kid 
has my kid gotten comfortable in this and they just are better they feel like they're better off to not initiate any sort of reconciliation or entertain potentially reconciling or what i mean from your perspective as an adult adult child what does that look like i i like that you mentioned our friend mr google (laughs) and that you mentioned people having to learn from our friend, Mr. Google, what estrangement is because Mm -hmm. it's shocking to me that the overwhelming majority of people that I've spoken to over the years, they don't even realize that they're estranged until you explain to them what estrangement is. Cause it's like, well, I'm not estranged. I just haven't talked to my kids in six years. Right. (laughs) Like that literally is estrangement and they're like, holy crap. And all of a sudden they've got a story to tell. Part of our conversations with Mr. Google, once we find out what estrangement is, then we start learning about other people's stories is unavoidable. You you trip across this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. You hear stories, maybe that sounds similar to your own. You sound story, you hear stories that are different. You hear about people's success and failure stories. You hear about symptoms and, you know, you hear about a lot of stuff, I guess is the point I'm trying to make in too many words. Right. But the one theme that Mr. Google tends to bring to the surface more than anything else outside of the communication that we've already been talking about the last Mm -hmm. two episodes is the boundaries component. Mm -hmm. That boundaries component, I think, is really at the heart of what we're talking about right now. Because you're trying to figure out, okay, well, before we even get into the comfort level, the acceptance, any of that stuff, just right. looking at, do I reach out versus do I not reach out? Mm-hmm. That's an awesome question. It might sound like a stupid question to some people. It might sound overly simplistic, but when you're dealing with this gut wrenching thing, that is estrangement. It's, and I, I would say, especially as a parent, I would imagine, I mean, I'm not estranged from my kids, but I do have kids. I get the connection. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a tough instinct to fight off. If you're going to go with the, I'm not going to try to reconnect thing, especially Uh when your kid has made it very clear to you. You know what, mom, I I, I want nothing to do with you. You're toxic. You're a narcissist. I can't handle you. You've been effing me up my whole life. It's going to stop now before it starts bleeding onto my kids. You're not going to F up a whole new generation. You know, you're horrible in every imaginable way. I mean, You've been in a strange mother. I know we've got a strange mothers listening. These aren't abnormal things, right? Right. And this is the question that you and I get both all the time. Do I reach out? Do I not? Mm-hmm. And I really, really hate answers that start with that depends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But I think that's where we start. That depends. Yeah. Yeah. And I, as you and I were talking before we started recording it, that depends, (laughs) um, can be determined by the length of estrangement, right? What, what typically happens in a shorter term estrangement. And when I think you and I describe short term estrangement, we're looking at basically anything under five years and you know, more than likely one to three years, mm-hmm. um, type being a short, shorter term estrangement, five years plus, uh, tends to go into the long, long haulers, what we call long haulers. Um, and what you do at an eight year estrangement versus a 14 month estrangement are two very different things. And I think that that is something to, that for parents to keep in mind. Um, I tend when, when I'm working with parents and they're asking that question, should I reach out? I tend to find that that question comes much more, much more often with shorter term estrangements than it does with longer term. And I, I think that's in, an interesting thing is that coming from the parents have settled into the new normal with a longer term estrangement have the kids settled into a a new normal 
um, with short-term estrangement, I, I think that our conversation probably needs to go more towards the long-term, but just real quick on the shorter term. Um, I think with the, the shorter term, there's, it's heightened emotions. There's a, there's the intensity of the feelings on both sides is greater. Lots of things are at a all time high, um, high ignition point, et cetera, where you don't necessarily have that in the longer term estrangements. And so things, people tend to kind of get settled into this new norm. And the parents I talk to who are the long haulers with this estrangement world, their question is, is it okay to reach out? Should I reach out? Yeah. Would the kid reach out? If they wanted to reconnect with me, I would think that they would want to, re they would reach out to me. And if they don't reach out to me, am I just to, am I left to assume, and we all know what assuming gets us, but am I left to assume that I, you know, just keep on keeping on honoring the boundaries and not reach out? It, it, I, I also find it really interesting how you get these questions a lot more frequently the younger in the estrangement the situation is. Mm -hmm. But I, I think a lot of it has to do with like just because I, I do want to address this because there's a lot of big feelings for these short termers. I don't want anybody to feel like, totally. ah, you've been in it for like five minutes. What do you got to whine about? No. You know, that first, what, you know, as I casually dismiss as five minutes, that's the worst of it. Holy crap. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it it doesn't feel short term when you've never gone three months before without talking to your kids. Right. Longest three months of your life, I'm sure. Yeah. After it's been three years, I mean, it's not like the parents are necessarily comfortable, but I mean, they've had a chance to get used to, you know, like we've both described many times already now that, that new normal that comes up. It's like, look for my own well-being, like it or not, just like if somebody dies, we want the whole world to stop so that we can park in our grief and just be miserable and sad and cry it all out of our system. But life has got an aggravating way of carrying on whether we want it to or not. Right. And like it or not, we get dragged along with it. At a certain point, we get tired of being dragged by the movement of life. And we realize that like, look, it, it's, it's moving on whether or not we want it to at a certain point, we're going to have to start moving under our own power. We're going to have to develop right. new routines that don't involve the missing person. We got to work on ourselves in, you know, a lot of the ways that we've already mentioned from the therapeutic angle. Mm -hmm. I think like more the work that matters in this particular example is just like, okay, normally at three o'clock on a Thursday afternoon, I would call my son, Joey. Joey hasn't talked to me for a few years now. So like maybe three o'clock on that afternoon is when I'm going to start doing yoga or I'm going to go for a jog or mm -hmm. I'm going to make an omelet. You know, we, we find things to fill in these right. holes in our lives and, and that's just, it's function, you know, it's necessary function. Now, the longer we get into this, you know, like taking it back around to when you, when you start hitting this comfort level and the comfort level, I'm, I'm actually fascinated now to learn that this is something that the parents also can experience. Cause I had always thought that, that defining the new normal and settling into a comfortable bleh with the estrangement was something that was reserved for the adult children. I had no idea until we were started talking today that, wow, parents move on with their freaking lives too. What a concept. Right. Yeah. They don't typically do it with, you know, it's more of a forced thing right. versus right. Then, then a choice. It, it is that, you know, well, life is getting on without me and I need to figure out something in order to get my life back. But I, I think in order to understand the challenges of a long-term estrangement, we, we can't completely ignore the challenges of a short-term estrangement because that's the foundation where things are laid, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say usually more often than not, 
it's the adult child that initiates the estrangement of the parents. Am I correct in that? Correct. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So in that quote unquote usual situation, I think it's unlikely that the kid's ever been quite that pissed off before, quite that hurt, quite that disappointed, quite that whatever they're feeling. They've never quite hit that point before. It's a big thing for them. And to call it quits with with the parent, you know, there's something big that motivates that. There's something big also going on on the way the the, the parent receives that. There are big hurts on both sides. Mm-hmm. Usually there are extreme and sometimes unrealistic boundaries that are put in place by the adult children. Mm-hmm. These boundaries, and I don't want to get too deep down the boundaries rabbit hole because we've done that before, but the boundaries and trying to enforce rules, assert control, these things all get confused at that time. So instead of, you know, setting reasonable boundaries, we build unreasonably tall and strong and thick walls. Right. Now that might be all necessary stuff. And I'm just going to speak from the adult child's perspective here, because I got no business speaking from the parents, Mm -hmm. but from the adult's child's perspective, this stuff, it's all necessary. Like day one, month one, even year one. And I think that in that short term, the parents, no matter how unreasonable they understand their kid to be or perceive the kid to be, however you want to define it you're kind of stuck having to respect that wall, whether you think it should be there or not, you have to respect that wall. Now, Mm -hmm. an interesting thing happens over the passing of time, again, speaking only as the adult child is there comes a time where we grow into this part where we don't always exactly remember what it was that got us riled up to the point where that wall had to be erected in the first place mm-hmm. because we we haven't been stimulated in those same same ways for so long you know like i haven't had to deal with my mother's bs i haven't had to be in certain family situations i haven't had to deal with politics you know family politics mm-hmm. i just haven't had to deal with all these things that caused that hurt that caused me to walk away and you know i don't really remember why the wall got put there but i know that i just knowing me, I never would have built that wall without a good reason. So I think we'll just leave that in place. I don't want to get too far down this path. I see you nodding. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say so far? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I hear what you're saying and it's a, it's, it's not, it's not a, I guess I haven't really looked at it from that perspective of, I mean, I have in other relationships, but not when it comes to the estrangement piece, as far as there's, you know, there was a reason why I did this and I can't remember exactly all the details of it, but um, here I am. And what is, is it, is it going to be worth my while? And I think that that is the question, right? We have, adult children who have as you said they've put up the walls put up the boundaries they've settled into this quote-unquote new normal they get to a place where they're like yeah well i really don't remember because they're not activated left right and center as they were when there was constant communication so there's a lot of things that are quote-unquote forgotten but not forgotten because <laughs> I want to just put that out there too. It's never forgotten. Just might be a dis- more of a distant memory versus front and center, right? Yeah, a little reminder will bring that into full focus. No problem. <laughs> right, right. So they get to this this place and what what is the benefit? Is there a benefit? of reconnecting at that point right and i you know before we again before we started recording you you talked about um all the adult children that you've ever been in communication with 
had, you know, hundred percent, it should be the parent's responsibility to reach out. Mm -hmm. Is that, and I can see that I can, as, as a parent myself, I can see that I can see where if I go on all the things that I talk about and I teach, et cetera, it's that the parents are leading the way. But I think that there are so many parents out there who feel like the kids get comfortable. And maybe, maybe the parent has done enough work on themselves that they're, they're better able to cope with the estrangement. They're better able to cope with the separation. And then say i i don't want to just dis disrupt my child's life if life is going along swimmingly for them and life is better for them should i attempt to reach out what if i don't reach out and they want me to reach out see that that whole line of questioning just god i can't even imagine how much that sucks to go through it's awful. And as a parent, I mean, there are many, most parents I talk to it's somewhere along the estrangement journey say to me, it's kind of like damned if I do, damned if I don't. And I try to lessen that for them if I, if I can, but it really is. And, and I think that that's what I'm trying to figure out with this, this last piece of communication. Is there a way that the children, the adult children would, you know, do you, do you want a parent to pick up the phone and call? I don't think I, that many I, of them I struggle would with this one. I struggle with this one so much because I think when you originally had me on the show to interview me about estrangement, uh -huh. I had said something that I think really pissed off a lot of the moms which was that I think it's the parents' responsibility to chase the kids to the end of the earth because that's what I would right. do. And the overwhelming res response was, oh, hell no. And at the right. time, I was genuinely confused by that. I have since changed my tune on that. So one thing I do want to clarify is that while what I have heard 100% of the time from the adult children is that they believe it is, I don't know why it's always mom, always mom right why they they, they think they, they they do think that it's mom's job to reach out i don't think that because the idea is that popular that said idea is correct i do think that i would like to see a bit more of a shift where the adult children would maybe start taking some initiative i mean Again, I, I can't offer the estranged parents' perspectives. I don't know how to contrast the two. You're probably better suited to a degree at that than I am. But at the same time, I mean, you haven't experienced long-term estrangement, which right. I have. So we're both kind of like a little disadvantaged in different ways here. But again, speaking from the adult child's perspective, I mean, like you say, what what is there to gain? That was a question that, came up for me more often than not people will say well have you talked to your mom no well why like have you ever don't don't you miss her like honestly not really because that new normal has come in I've, I've done the work like you're talking about you do the work you become a little bit more healthy and comfortable in the way you navigate blah 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 it's not like you stop loving the person but it's like that person is from a different lifetime that's not part of who i am today so it's like do you miss your mom Honestly, no. Do I have my moments? Yeah, once in a while. Are these moments enough to make me pick up the phone with trembling fingers and tears running down my cheeks and say, hey, mommy, I miss you? Not a freaking chance. Never once did I hit that like in the long-term estrangement phase. Uh -huh. When I was still like in the earlier, we'd say like short-term phase. Uh -huh. Yeah, I, I had those days. Definitely had those days. It wasn't always the case. I want to reconnect to say anything friendly. I'll tell you that. Right. Right. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, I, I did have these urges to, to connect, but those urges, they went away over time. 
you know, and, and one of the questions you were, one of the things we had talked about before we started recording again, which is I start to think maybe we should just start recording as soon as we I start know. talking. <laughs> I know. Because this is like the third episode in a row we're yeah. talking about before we started recording. Right. But um, you, you were saying like, if, if your mom had picked up the phone, say, would you have been receptive to that? And I told you, I, I don't know. I mean, when it comes time, and, and this is something that you and I are both hearing a lot of lately, especially from the, the, the long-term moms. Mm-hmm. My kids have made it painfully clear that they do not wish any contact. None. I feel like I need to test that boundary. I feel like I need to push past it. Is that okay? And you and I have both, I think, been very, very clear that up to a certain point, you have to respect that boundary. It's unavoidable. Past a certain point, though. Right. Ooh, is that ever like a huge murky gray area of that mm-hmm. depends? There's so many unique details to every situation. It's impossible to say, okay, after X number of months and weeks and days, you can right. violate the boundary. You know, what, what I told uh, a client a couple of weeks ago was you haven't heard anything for so long. It's been like years since the last time you talked to anybody, you don't know what the boundaries actually are as of today. In the absence of any direct information, any direct communication, to a degree, you're sort of left guessing. Right. And that that is the point that I want to kind of hone in on is, is, you know, is there a way for the kids to or a parent to send a letter that says you know kind of like a closing thing like i'm if it's the kid this is where i'm at in my life i and 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 i and i don't want you know i don't want further contact and whether that comes at you know three years ten years whatever the case may be i feel like there's a benefit to sending that kind of letter regardless of how long the estrangement has been and the benefit is to help empower the person that is that is sending it so instead of sitting in this place with your not your head in the sand but sitting in this place of Eh, you know nothing was nothing was closed and anytime there's something that is left open and we don't know where we stand we don't know anything about it is this closed is this open is it partially open is it partially closed is it what is it that weighs on a person be it the kid or the parent it weighs on them. It's always a what I call back burner thing, mm-hmm. right? It's not on the front burner. We're not paying attention to it daily. It's not got our full attention all the time, but it is forever on that back burner. And it's not going to go away. And by default, it takes up some sort of brain space, some sort of heart space, some sort of some kind of space in our being Because this has been left unresolved, right? Now, a question I would have, and again, even though I was a formerly estranged adult child, I, again, was not, it wasn't a long-term, I take that back because I always, I always forget this one time when I was estranged and it was for, if I, if memory serves me correctly, it was for about six years with my mom, um, but it was over a family event. So not something specific between myself and my mom. No, I think you oh, still get your long-term badge for that one. So, so that was that I was during, during that time. And I remember things in my life 
going along saying, this is not resolved. This is, this is an open-ended thing. And on it, that drains our energy. It drains us unknowingly, subconsciously. It's draining. And so I'm putting forth this, hey, should we consider this way of communication to close the door or to leave the door open with a, I'm good with where things are for now. I don't know where I'm going to be five years from now and maybe I'll reach out then. But it's some sort of resolution instead of this open-endedness and not knowing and then leaving a parent and again i know when you're in the first bits of estrangement the kids myself included when i was in this was like screw the parent i don't give a shit what's happening to them um i'm talking about when you get past that acute phase to say maybe i close this up i wrap this up and close it up for for everybody's benefit and that way everybody knows where where things stand I don't know. I, I It's not something that I've ever heard of having been done. But in this communication series, I'm trying to find ways. How can we prevent estrangement? If we're in estrangement, how, you know, the power of our words and our intention versus impact. How do we close things up? Can we reconnect? Is that a possibility? And if it's not a possibility, how can we communicate that? So that everybody involved has a clear understanding. Nothing is left open. There's no open end over here. And we can all move on. We know at that point where we stand. It's like this forever walking around with, where the hell do I stand? I don't, I don't, I don't know where this is. I don't know if they love me, if they hate me. I don't know if they want to see me, if they don't want to see me. I know nothing. And that's an awful place to be, regardless of who you are, an adult child or a parent. It's it's tough because, I mean, what we're really trying to figure out is like, how do we estrange in healthy ways? How do we stay estranged in healthy ways? And what's kind of like just rattling around in my head is like, as the piece that doesn't quite fit is that. I would say that healthy relationships where both people are healthy communicators with healthy motivations don't end in estrangement to begin with. Right. When estrangement happens, which, you know, of, of course there's always room for growth and for work. Mm -hmm. I would even say that like estrangements where both people are doing the work and getting healthy. I can't imagine these lasting if you two healthy people that estranged because of unhealthy things, I can't imagine why they would stay estranged. I mean, I'm not a psychiatrist, so I might be not qualified to, to talk about it. As far as how to like break the silence, I, I, I love that idea. I, I've had a little bit of experience with with that i mean not with um parents but with with sibling with my i keep on referring to her as my younger sister her name is carolyn with my sister carolyn several years ago she had sent a, a message through my my ex-wife because they they just that they were a mutual connection right she sent a message through my ex-wife saying you know what if you see AC, tell him that if he wants to reach out and give me a call, he can. Which I think was a bold and probably healthy move for her at the time. Unfortunately, in this specific case, I wasn't ready to hear it. And my first reaction was F you. If you want to talk, you call me. Mm. So this is what I'm talking about. Like <laughs> one healthy person isn't enough right. when you're estranged. Everybody should do their work. Looking back on it, I wish I had handled my reaction a bit better, though I do respect what she had done. I had make it made it clear to her because I was the one who initiated the estrangement with, with her. I had made it clear that I didn't want to hear from her again. 
but enough years had passed. She violated the boundary. I wasn't upset that she had violated the boundary. And, and that's like, I think really what the focus of this whole rambling yeah. thing is, is like, it wasn't about a violated boundary so much as it, it was time. Like I was upset by different things. And to me, that tells me that the boundary was no longer valid. If I was upset by anything other than mm. um, that violation. Right. And I, I think you and I are both trying to set reasonable expectations for anybody who's listening, you know, like if you feel that this boundary needs to be tested to see if it's still in place if you have no other way of knowing what the reaction is going to be other than to poke the stick in the beehive as it were mm -hmm. i think you got to have to decide like do you want to do you want that honey enough to risk getting stung right and that's a great that's a great analogy and i and i I mean, yeah, to distill it all down. You're right. Healthy people communicate in healthy ways. When I say healthy people, I, that's a very broad brush stroke right there. <laughs> Let me retract that. People who have healthy communication styles can communicate effectively and are more often than not okay with doing so those who are not don't and therein lies the issue and the struggle i am a forever optimist hoping that eventually we'll get to a place where we can have some sort of communication that can just help alleviate the open-endedness that can just be a perpetual thorn in the side right just this this constant thing um and maybe it's not a constant thing maybe it's a oh it, it hurts when i bump up against it right any yeah. other time i'm i'm good right um i do think that like you said for those who've been estranged for years and years the only way you're going to know is to try and that's scary As speaking from the parents perspective if all the times in the past they reached out and were rejected or you know reprimanded or all the things that they can experience at the hands of their in the mouths of their their adult child it's a risk it's a it's a huge risk to put themselves back out there especially after if if let's just say five years has gone by that and they've done their their work and and they you know they're in a good place emotionally compared to when the estrangement first happened and then to reopen that wound again potentially is that's a that's a risk that not a lot of people are are willing to take um and so i you know here's the thing as humans we get comfortable with whatever is habitual and if we are in a place where it's habit to not have a particular person in our life well then we get comfortable with that doesn't mean that we necessarily accept it doesn't mean that we necessarily want it but we get comfortable in it enough to be able to keep on keeping on with our life and can that lead to regret down the road? Yep. Can that lead us to risk? Yep. I don't know that there's a way to effectively communicate that if we're forever stuck in either fear, fear of making a move, if we're stuck in regret and guilt, we're stuck in all the all the um quote-unquote unhealthy feelings and emotions so there's a couple things that you've you've mentioned now in the last couple of minutes that i want to look at and i think the two of them kind of go together one is that idea of getting comfortable 
while I, again, was shocked to learn that parents can also get comfortable, I think it probably takes a lot more for them to get to that point. Yes. And as we were chatting about before the recording, again, that whole before the <laughs> recording reference, um, I think kids from a very young age, they understand that the day will come when their parents will no longer be a part of their life because yeah. kids are younger, parents are older, older people tend to die before younger people right right the parents don't go through the child's life planning for the day when the kids will be gone correct so there's that um i think that ties into the the guilt slash regret component a little bit in the sense that if a kid is satisfied that they have tried everything at their disposal and they have just failed. This might just be one of those guilt-free skip to the finish. You know what? My parents not going to be my life forever. Anyways, maybe it's just better to like end things here before any more damage is done and they'll pick up and they'll move on. And a lot of people I talk to, they'll be fine like forever with this. There's the occasional person that's like when mom or dad dies, there's actually a deep sense of relief that happens. It's not overwhelming guilt, though, for most people, that guilt, regret, remorse, anything in that family of feelings that you want to look at, these things start to come into play as the parents advance in age, mm -hmm. as their health deteriorates, or unfortunately, when the finality of death kisses the situation. Up until that point, though, it just, it's so easy. I, I, I think, well, I don't want to say easy, but it's far less difficult for the adult children to allow that new normal to take over, to get cozy in that right. mom slash dad free lifestyle. I, I really hate how dads keep on seeming like they're getting a free pass here, but it's always mother issues. I don't know why we'll, we'll have to unpack that at some point. Yeah. 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 And it is typically moms for the most part. Um, I think you're right. You know, that, that does come into play with the, you know, kids are grow up with a knowing and understanding to some degree that they won't always have their parent with them. Um, parents, which is another reason why the estrangement, um, Wow, and this is hitting me really hard right now. <laughs> um, parents never think that they're not going to have their kids with them. So when estrangement happens, it really is a gut punch. And then the longer that goes on, the more I would think, and again, I haven't experienced that long-term estrangement from the perspective of a parent, but it's just this forever sadness and forever grief that goes on. And that's, you're talking about two different people, an adult child and a parent, and two very opposite sides of that, right? You've got the kids who are, are able to move on and you've got parents who are not. And, right. um, and it's, it's, it's hard. And how do you, how do you, I don't know if there's a way to communicate that to begin some sort of healing process, right? Um, or at least you know, and healing can he, healing can mean a healing while being separated. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that people have to be back together. But I, and as we wrap this episode up, I think I want to express that if you can find a way to 
close it if it's going to be a for a permanent estrangement then i would encourage that to happen i would also encourage if it's at all possible leaving a door open to say i don't know where i'm going to be in 10 years from now i don't know where i'm going to be five years from now and i might be in a completely different place in my life we, ne we never know what tomorrow holds and maybe down the road things will be different and how i want that to play out i need to take that into consideration today So I don't know if you have any final words on that or not. I think I'm going to break from tradition and shut up. Mm. On that note, we will close off this 100th episode of the Estranged Heart podcast. And yeah, I think we'll just leave it here. Thanks, AC. Thank you, Creed. This brings this episode to a close. I hope that this time together was time you feel well spent and that you were able to find some takeaway nuggets to help you on your journey, wherever you may be on your estrangement and reconciliation path. If you feel you've received something helpful or positive from this podcast, please consider following us sharing this podcast with others, leaving a positive review, perhaps entertaining becoming a guest on our show, or following us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok under the same name, The Estranged Heart. As a reminder, there is an online support group on Facebook. If you are a estranged mom, who identifies as being spiritual and approaches estrangement with a sense of curiosity rather than blame and judgment and desire to do inner self-work and reflection, please seek us out. We can be found at facebook.com backslash estranged mothers support group. And lastly, if you are an estranged parent or an estranged adult child and would like to have your story shared on the podcast anonymously or not, please reach out to me via email at theestrangedheart at gmail.com.